welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. I'm your host, Lonnie Swain. I'm a media veteran, digital content creator, and strategist. My career has required many cross-country relocations from my hometown of New Orleans to Baltimore, St. Louis, Chicago, Dallas, back to New Orleans, and now Miami, Florida. The purpose of this show is to remind you that everyone has to go through something to get somewhere. I lead personal and professional development conversations in hopes of inspiring you to live your best and most authentic lives. And just a reminder, I always love to know what you think about the podcast. So don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share. Thank you so much for listening. Now let's get into the show. All right. Today we are talking entrepreneurship with Karen Spears. She is the owner of Character, a creative studio building brands with personality. Character was born in her college dorm room in 2015. She is a self-taught graphic designer specializing in the art of hand lettering. Upon graduation in May of 2017, she took the plunge into full-time entrepreneurship. She's worked with over 50 individual clients and a dozen established organizations. She offers visual solutions to clients who are socially driven, innovative, and women-led organizations that support a team of emerging women designers. The aim is to be the home base for emerging designers looking to create meaningful work in an environment that celebrates their personal and creative identity. She's a University of Missouri graduate with a bachelor's degree in communications and a minor in business. She's had the privilege of working for Google, Leo Burnett, James R. Jordan Foundation, and Chicago Scholars. She's also the former peer advisor for the Obama Foundation, starting block alum and current scholar at the 2018 Aspen Ideas Festival. Her mission is to create a world of possibility for women in design and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Lonnie Swain Show podcast, Karen. Hi, Lonnie. Thanks for having me. Of course, the pleasure is all mine. So Karen did some design work for my homemade candy company, Lonnie Lou's, and she did a wonderful, wonderful job. And we also met through, I believe we met through Let's Vibe, actually. Yes, we did. Yeah, so that is a young women's organization. We're going to talk about that more in this episode. We had Elena Valentine on, who I also met through Let's Vibe. So a yes. great community of women connectors. So I can't wait to talk about that. But first, let's get into being a self-taught graphic designer. So how did you get interested in graphic design and how did you take it upon yourself to teach yourself and not study it per se in college? Exactly. Well, thank you so much for the awesome introduction, Lonnie, um, and having me on the show. Uh, when we worked together, I was still an undergrad. So just imagine being a college student, just trying to find her, you know, what her major was going to be. Um, I started in school as a journalism major, but quickly found that that was not my niche. Um, it was just a lot going on at the time that, you know, I was exploring myself and my creativity. Um, but one thing that really like was a theme of my life was that I had very neat handwriting. So I can remember as early as the second grade, like my teachers telling me, oh, go write, you know, your the date on the board or write the prompts on the board. And I would always be the one to do that. And it was because my penmanship was very neat. And from, you know, just from being in school and people, you know, kind of pumping me up and saying, oh, your handwriting's so neat. By the time uh -huh. I got to high school, it was like, oh, you should sell your handwriting. And that was just a foreign concept to me because I was a person that, you know, would write motivational quotes on the boards at school. And I went to an all girls school. So our thing was, you know, passing notes during passing periods. Um, of and course. so it'll be <laughs> motivational, like encouragement and like doodles and like people would literally give me like their planners and like just to write and doodle in it because people love the look and the style of my handwriting. And so that just became a thing like, oh, give your planner the Karen and she'll she'll make it pretty. Um, so <laughs> and that, you were doing yeah, this for free. I was doing it for free. It was a hobby, right? Like it was something that mm -hmm. I just loved doing. And I, you know, it didn't think, you know, it didn't occur to me that like people really wanted this and they really appreciated the art of it. And so yeah. my senior year, my friend Leah, she's like, 
oh, I, I, I want to commission you to make um, a quote canvas for my dorm room. And mind you, I went to an all girl school. So if one person's doing something, like everyone's going to hop on the bandwagon. Mm-hmm. And so I remember getting $16 and I went to Michael's. And I went to Michael's and they had like this really big sale on canvases. Like, in fact, they still do that like today. Like they just have really uh, good discounted canvases. And mm-hmm. so I remember buying like a 10 pack of eight by 10 canvases and she only ordered one. And so I was like, oh, what am I going to do with the rest of these canvases? So I decided to, you know, make a hustle out of it. And then at that point, like that was uh, the point where Instagram was starting to become a thing. I had like, an Instagram page and I just started posting like pictures of the canvases that I had left over. And so when Leah got her first canvas, she like showed it off. She put it on Instagram. And then I was like, Oh, I can make a hustle out of this. Mm-hmm. And so it was the next day, like I took all those canvases back to my homeroom and people like paid me 10 bucks for it, 10 bucks um, for pre-made canvases. And then I was like, okay, my mom was like, Oh, make sure you, you know, issue a receipt when you get, you know, a deposit. So I would get like, you know, $5 to hold their, you know, custom spot. And then I would issue a receipt and then I would go home, I would make it and then come back and like, you know, get the rest of the money and then issue another receipt. Right. Mm -hmm. So I literally like went to Dollar Tree and got one of those like flip books of receipts and just write it and then get them a carbon copy. Like it was, it was just like, that was my first (laughs) taste of entrepreneurship. And Mm -hmm. the funny thing was, is like, I actually was able to fill my handwriting and that was just such a, you know a foreign concept to me once but then it became real so that was my first taste so by the time that I got to school at Mizzou um, again like I said I was kind of this you know what what's my major you know what am I really good at and you know I love the idea of build starting and building a business right like that was my core I've seen my family do it like my mom's super creative she makes she knows how to make like uh, Christmas trees like Christmas trees out of hangers and so oh, feel like wow. a garland yeah so that was mm-hmm. like her creative hustle my grandparents mm-hmm. um they're from the south so you know they were raised on the farm and so I saw them come to Chicago and we have like a, a plot of land um on the side of our house and we would literally make we would have a community garden so every summer my, my granddad would have all these plants we get like string beans tomatoes pepper like bell peppers and greens and turnips right like all of this stuff um mm-hmm. and so it, it became to a point where he's like you know i don't we, we we can't you know we don't have that much freezer room anymore like we have mm-hmm. to we can't eat all of this with the ex- exactly and so that became you know my grandparents hustle was to sell you know uh produce to communities like people walk down the street and, and say oh i love your garden that we would literally you know sell our, our excess crops um mm-hmm. my granddad also had watermelons from the back of his pickup truck so that was also another thing that you know i leveraged my hand lettering like i would make a, a big like whiteboard sign of like watermelons five dollars mm-hmm. and right. it, would, it would sit on the back of his truck so like just seeing kind of like my family uh, start their own hustles and, you know, be take really a lot, a lot of pride in it. I learned the basics from them. And so by the time that I got to school, you know, I'm first generation, like the first one in my immediate family to finish uh, college. Mm-hmm. I was like, I really love <laughs> the idea of, you know, just starting a business. So while I was an undergrad, um, you know, the, the lettering thing took off. You know, my freshman year, I started putting canvases in a consignment shop in the student center. And then I would get like a weekly check and they would tell me like, oh my gosh, your paintings were the first to sell. Um, oh, like as wow. soon as you put them up, they would be sold. Yeah. So it was something in the lettering that I just couldn't let go. But by the time um, I got to my sophomore, end of sophomore year, into junior year, that was a time where you really have to pick your major and figure out your life before you started to graduate. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I, like painting became very time consuming. So, you know, I would buy these canvases, but what if I messed up? You know, I, you know, I lost, you know, money doing that. And so the business mind switched in. I was like, how can I really maximize 
my craft and really make money from it um, while minimizing my my losses. And so digital design became a thing. And so I taught myself how to initially digitize my hand lettering. And so that's how character became a thing, right? Like I wanted to, you know, still have my designs be with my hand lettering, but how could I digitize it? Um, Because then that way you can edit it and you can perfect it um, and still Mm -hmm. sell a product. messing anything Um, up. Exactly. And so that's how character became a thing. And so my tagline was letters with personality. Um, And so I would make hand letter logos for my clients. So that was initially the idea. So, then it became, oh, I taught myself illustrator. Oh, now I can do graphics. I can do flyers. I can do business cards. I can help people actualize their business idea. And mm-hmm. so character became, you know, just from hand letter logos to, okay, we do any type of visual solutions for emerging businesses that want to brand themselves and really put character to what they do. Um, And so that's how character became a thing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And so I'm still, I'm listening, waiting to hear. So how did you choose to major in journalism then? Where was the interest? What did you think you were going to do with that? So initially, so I went to the University of Missouri and they're like really known for journalism, um, but mainly like TV journalism, you know, radio. And I went in, so they housed their advertising under the journalism school. So it was like strategic communication. And so that was a program that was housed under the journalism school. And so that's what I was going to pursue. It was advertising and creates like being in the creative space. I interned at Leo Burnett and quickly realized like, you know, this is cool, but you know, maybe that, you know, that, that whole space wasn't like really cultivating my creativity like I wanted it to. Um, and I'm not knocking Leo Burnett at all. I've learned so much, especially in the creative business industry, like how everything is supposed to work. And so when I was in school, you know, going through the journalism school, they they put you through a lot of weed out classes and they were very focused on journalism, like the actual act of journalism. But I was like, I just want to do, you know, advertising, you know what I mean? So I ended, I, you know, got out of that program, but um, there was opportunity in the uh, School of Arts and Sciences. And so I majored in communication. And so that's where I learned how to or, uh, communicate within an organization and learned how to problem solve and worked how to work in teams. And so that became, you know, a major that was good for my, you know, for my area of expertise and I minored in business. So then I got to take entrepreneurship classes, um, really like, you know, have my my professors mentor me in that space of entrepreneurship because I knew that I wanted to pursue it. Like I was doing it in school, I was getting clients and I was like, oh, I like need to, you know, hone it better. So I used my junior and my senior year to really learn the art of entrepreneurship, see like, you know, what I had to put in place um, by the time I graduated so that I could just test it out. Um, And that's how, you know, I got out of the journalism school and into communications, but it really propelled um, my, my, you know, love of entrepreneurship forward because those are the main things you need to know is like how to communicate and how to think like a business person. Um, So that major worked out for me. Yeah. And so what were some of the main things that you felt you learned from the business and entrepreneurship programs that you hadn't already been implementing in your business practices thus far? Exactly. So I'll tell you a little bit about um, Madhu's programs for entrepreneurship. So they, when I was there, they were investing a lot of uh, dollars into those programmings. And it was so crazy. I found out about the entrepreneurship program, talking big ideas with my friend in the student center one day. And so we were talking about, you know, how I wanted to really build out character. And little did I know it was a guy like, sitting next to us and he's just like listening in on our conversation <laughs> and then after my friend loved he was like oh hey like sorry to butt in but I was listening to what you were saying and I'm a part of this class and I think you should join it 
And so he like wrote down the professor's name and he was like, yeah, this class is like super top secret. Like you have to get referred to be in it. And I was like, oh, what is this? Uh-huh. <laughs> and so ultimately it was an entrepreneurship class that was by referral only. And so mm. it wasn't listed like on the, you know, the website of the school wow. where you take your classes. Like it was le- legit a hidden class. And mm-hmm. so I emailed the professor told him what I had going on. And he's like, oh, you're perfect. And it was Talk a about very synchronicity small... that he would be sitting I there know. and listening, you know. <laughs> And would have the courage to even walk up to me and say something. And and that was what really, like, caught my attention. I was like, okay, this must be something. And so um, I got enrolled in the class, and it was the best class ever. It was, like, anti-college class. You know, when you Mm -hmm. go to Mizzou, it's like you're in, in a class with at least 500 students. Like, this was a class of, like... 20 entrepreneurs or people that were interested in starting businesses that were referred to it. Um, Yeah. And the alum, like they had this pool of funding specifically for this class because everyone has the opportunity to pitch their idea and to receive seed funding for it. And so that's the, that was the, yeah, yeah. So they had a That's lot why of money. it was a secret. Um, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, and they had so much money for this pro like this program. Um, but it was like way opposite from your typical classroom. They put us through, you know, obstacle courses. Like we legit went to an obstacle course on like off campus and they made us go through this like this tall like obstacle course where we had to put on a harness, we had to like climb over and it was like a lot of teamwork involved. And at mm-hmm. the end we didn't know why we were doing this obstacle course outside and like, you know, fall weather. And it was because mm-hmm. The ultimate um, lesson out of the entrepreneur entrepreneur class was to take risks. Um, And it was a risk-taking class. Like, he said he wanted us to get in the mindset of doing things that were outside of our comfort zone. And we would, you know, have a guest speaker every week, and they would talk about their business. But ultimately, that's what he wanted us to get out of it. It wasn't even this is how you start your business. This is how you market it. This is how you right. do it. This is how you do it. it wasn't that. It was literally, this is, you have to take risks in order for you to start a business. And so that was the main thing, like, I learned in that that course and the best class ever. Like, I wish they had it for everyone because... Look, I want to go try to enroll. See if I can get I know. in that class. <laughs> yes, it was amazing. So shout out to Greg Beer. I hope he listens to this because he definitely set the tone for me even considering entrepreneurship after graduation. Awesome. And so now graduation, did you even consider applying for jobs or did you apply to work anywhere or did you come out and especially after that class, like, okay, that's it, you know, sign me up for my my own business. That's all I'm (laughs) even considering doing. Yes. So very good question. So mind you, I was the type of student, I guess I would, I would say that I'm an untraditional student, right? Untraditional meaning I always found the back road to get opportunities. Um, you know, I wasn't the straight A student, which is like really hard to believe because I'm, I'm super motivated. I, I want to get things right and done. Um, but I wasn't the straight A student. And what really carried me through was like relationships and, and, and my passion. And so that's how I like started to build like really solid relationships with my teachers and my, you know, professors. Um, and that like always, you know, presented an opportunity. So every year of undergrad, I had an internship and it was an intern, like my freshman year, um, I interned at the Northern Trust. My sophomore year, I interned at Chicago Scholars. My junior year was Leo Burnett um, and then also Google. And my senior year, that's when I was like, okay, like I want to try to do like this summer for myself and my art. Um, But I've always had professional experience. So you know, in any case, I was like, you know, if I, this entrepreneurship thing failed, I would have, you know, a resume of experience from these reputable organizations and and companies. And Mm -hmm. I always took away like that one contact from each place because I knew that that would be, you know, plan B. So Mm -hmm. I did prepare. So when I got the Google opportunity, which was really fun, I was a Google student ambassador. um, And that basically meant that they had, you know, a suite of Google products, like so your Google Drive, your Google Photos, your Google Google Plus account, right? Like they wanted more engagement from younger people. So they built out a university program um, to, you know, give 
college students the opportunity to promote it on their campus. And they would give us a budget and we would have to use our budget and they would send us like all this Google merch to throw events on campus um, to promote Google products. So I was like, you know, a Google ambassador for um, two semesters actually. It was the best experience, like the best internship job I've ever had. Um, and mm-hmm. so my goal after, you know, visiting Googleplex and like working with them was to ultimately work for Google upon graduation. And so that mm-hmm. was my goal, right? Like that was my goal. I wanted to work for the best company to work for. And, you know, I shot high, like I got internal referrals. I like applied for, you know, a few positions and got a few callbacks and um, ultimately like looking back, I applied to the positions that I was just not qualified for. And, That's what I was um, going to ask. What were you even applying for that you would have interest in where there would be some, you know, overlap of interest in, you know, lettering and things like that. What were you applying for? Yeah. Yeah. So it was like those, um, any, any title with creative in it, Okay. <laughs> like design or creative. I was like, okay. Oh, like this could be something I could do because I was the type of person that was in the middle, right? Like I could, I had a creative side, but I also had like a business like oriented side. So like anything right. that merged those two, like those were the positions I was looking for. But I mean, granted, I didn't look at the qualifications. Like right. it said, three You're years like, design, of design, creative, apply. <laughs> exactly. And so I mean, and so my goal, like my senior year, was like, okay, I'm gonna apply for two jobs. Like, and I'm gonna really like get those referrals. Like, really set myself up to get them. And um, unfortunately, it didn't work out. Um, I applied to Google and I applied to an ad agency in Chicago, and they like I got to the second round of the ad agency. Um, and, but they just weren't, you know, I guess they weren't interested in, in hiring me. I don't know why, but, um, you know, their loss. However, uh, I really like understood, you know, I was like, well, that was my actual ultimate decision was to apply to these two jobs. If I didn't get them, then I would just, you know, try to run my business for that summer right after school. And so when I didn't get those jobs, I was like, okay, this must be a sign. Like, this must be my moment. And so Mm -hmm. I told my family, like, you know, I wasn't actively looking. And they kind of were like, okay, well, we know what you're, like, we trust you. We believe that you know what you're doing. So we'll let you, you know, stay home for the summer. Um, And so my first goal was like, you know, I'll try to allocate these three months if I can survive, if I can eat, if I could even move out then I was on to something. And a few months after I graduated, I was able to move out <laughs> and run my business, like, eat outside of and- like, my apartment. Exactly, and eat, right? So uh-huh. it, you know, it proved, like, I hit that first milestone goal for myself. And then after that, it just became, oh, I have a lot of work. <laughs> and I, I don't want to look for a job. So here you go. Um, but yeah, ever since I've been just grinding it out and and building a creative agency, which is really fun. Awesome. I love that story. I need to give you like a Thank round you. of applause. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes, it, it's been a journey for sure say you've been grinding it out and getting a lot of work what does that look like for you so has it been a lot of pooling from relationships that you already had how have you gone about growing your business and maintaining your client base that yeah so I like I said for much of my career as just like a student and just like, you know, a creative person that didn't really know, you know, her full potential, I will always have people kind of support me. Like that that community support was always there for me. Um, even with my family, like they, they were always in support of my creative vision and ideas and projects. And so my much of my business when I started was just me practicing and just putting myself out there and being open to opportunities. And from there, I guess the relationship you know, management kind of kicked in, right? Like I was able to maintain, you know, those relationships and people would trust me with their creative ideas, which is something, which is something that a lot of creatives really have a hard time doing. Um, But I have to talk to And much of that, you know, much of my business is run off of organic referrals. 
Um, I didn't mm-hmm. put in a marketing plan. I didn't have a business plan. I literally had people that like I would do really good work for and they would just, you know, tell people, you know, work with Karen, like she can do it. Like she did my mm-hmm. so-and-so, you know what I mean? So up until, mm-hmm. up until this point, I've been, you know, my business has been afloat on organic referrals. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I notice a lot of people struggle with, especially as creative, having the business acumen to really run a business and professionally, you know, to do yes, it well. Exactly. A lot of times people are really skilled at doing something, you know, whether it be art or hair or whatever their talent is they're good at that but the the management and the customer service side can can sometimes fall short so would you say that the the studying that in school really helped you a lot with that or or probably the combination of having family who also had entrepreneurial endeavors to kind of show you the ropes for that, which would, do you feel one more so than another was the catalyst for you to kind of know how to run your business? So much. Okay. So I, I like am a risk taker, right? Like I can calculate, Oh, should I take this opportunity? Should I do this? Should I do that? Um, and a much of it I learned from my clients. So I work with a lot of emerging business owners or people that have had experience in corporate but want to now start their own, you know, brand or business. And mm-hmm. for me, that relationship component was crucial, you know. Um, I yeah. have a team, like I have like three solid people um, that, you know, I am now thought partners with for, for my clients. And they share with me, they see the the potential, they see, you know, they can relate to the hustle and the grind of running your own business. And, you know, I have the the pleasure of like, you know, working, not only working with my clients in, you know, in a a service exchange capacity, but also a mentor-mentee capacity. And so I learn a lot from them. Um, You know, a lot of questions my family and my mom can't answer because, you know, their experience in entrepreneurship has just been, you know, oh, I'm going to just do this uh, hobby and like mm-hmm. get money for it. And that's it. You know what I mean? Okay. Um, but as I'm like working with my clients, we're sharing ideas. I'm learning how they're thinking about their business. And it's inspiring me to like change different processes in my business. Um, mm-hmm. From there, it's also, you know, Karen, you should get connected with so-and-so. You know, they may have insights that I don't have that you can learn from. And, you know, email connections have also been another thing. Um, not just, you know, reaching out to clients for business, but, you know, what is it like to run a business? Um, you know, how do you, how do you uh, solve problems? Because I've definitely have run into things that, or problems uh, that only business owners can't think through. And so, you know, they've become my crutch in those situations. And granted, like, I don't know a lot. I don't know everything yet. So every day it's a learning moment. Um, and I and I try to just soak up as much information from the people that I work with day to day in that particular area to like really guide how I'm running and growing uh, my business. Yeah. So what's been your biggest learning moment from 2018 that you made sure to kind of incorporate a a change or something different in 2019? Uh, Do you mean like personally or like through business? Give me one for each personal and business. Okay. Okay. So personally is to give myself, the grace and the time to think things through. Um, and I've, and this is something that I also share with my clients. Um, I get a lot of people that, you know, have an idea and the first thing they think of is, Oh, I need a logo. But what they fail to realize, or they'll say, and then they'll say, Oh, I need it in like two weeks. <laughs> so I'm like, Oh no. Like, you know, so that is, that is one thing. And I'm just like, well, have you thought about the name? You know, have you thought about, you know, the business structure, because all of those like little key insights, um, like your target market and who you serve and what you offer, like 
all of those components influence how like the design output is going to be. And a lot of people, including myself too, when I have an idea, I just want to get it done. Like, right. I don't want it to be perfect the first time. And that's not the case, right? Like creativity is a, Iterative process, process. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it will not like the first draft is always the worst <laughs> as much as people want it to be perfect it will never be perfect and that has like rang true in every area of like me running a business like you know the first thing would be okay what's the timeline am I giving myself enough time to one prototype am I giving myself enough time to be inspired by you know, who's already doing it? Am I, you know, giving myself enough time to get the first thing done and get feedback from it? Um, That's the part where a lot of people go wrong is that, you know, they built this business, it's done, but they haven't received feedback. They don't know if it's actually going to work. And so for me, moving into 2019, my biggest goal for myself is to really give myself the grace and the time to do it you know, to do it, to try it, to at least try it, but then to also get feedback and understand that it's never going to be perfect the first time. And then there's always another opportunity to one-up yourself and perfect perfect it. Um, mm-hmm. And so that is that is my mantra for 20, 2019. Mm-hmm. And so that kind of goes for both personal and professionally. Yes, or professionally is uh, to build a better team <laughs> and okay. to get my and to get my um, well, I actually have a great team, so I want to say better because they're already awesome. Um, mm-hmm. But then to also get my processes in place, um, mm-hmm. I've noticed that you know I'm getting to a point where a lot of things, it's just a lot of moving pieces at once, and I'm managing a lot and I'm taking on a lot. And it's really influencing my sleep patterns. And I find myself like getting up at 4 a.m. like doing work. Um, And while that's great, like the hustle is there, is it sustainable? And oftentimes it's not, you know, you you still neglect your body, your mind. And if you're not functioning right, then everything else will fall apart. So with my business, it's really the goal is to really systemize things and figure out how to automate things and to figure out how I can let things go and trust other people with it. Um, but also to really strengthen my direction and how to tell, you know, how to give feedback to other designers. Um, but then to also really focus more on the client experience, like what is it, you know, how do people feel when they work with character? How do they, you know, what do they walk away uh, getting from us? How how are they leveraging what we create for them in you know in their business? Is it working right? Like I really I really want to focus more on the impact that we're having just outside of you know the design deliverables that we're giving them. Um, so that is my 2019 is like how can I systemize? How can I really track my impact um, and really make a dent in this you know in this space where people just want to start their own you know. Mm-hmm. And speaking of making an impact, I think that's a great segue to Let's Vibe. Yes, I love it. Yes. So how did, well, first of all, explain to people what Let's Vibe is. Yes. So Let's Vibe launched in 2015 was a brainchild of my co-founder Diamond and I. So Diamond is more of like my big sister. We, you know, when she was graduating college, I was still in undergrad um, and I just saw her path and her fearless fearlessness um, with just crushing her goals and getting it done. And so, you know, every time I would come, you know, home from school, you know, Diamond and I would link, we'll have coffee, we'll have a girls night and we'll just, you know, talk big ideas like we always do. And so one night we had a girls night and came up with let's vibe um, with the insight that, you know, whenever we come home from school, there's no space for us, right? Like we can't go to, you know, a space with like-minded women. There was no community we were really involved with. Um, Mm -hmm. We actually met in a scholarship program and we built our own community within that, right? But it still wasn't geared toward women of color. It really couldn't speak to the things that we were going through. And so Let's Vibe became uh, a group that we decided to come up with to be that to be that space, that safe space for people like us coming home from school and and really wanted to build a new identity um, back in Chicago. That's how it started. 
um, we've definitely transformed our approach and how we're helping our community. Um, so since then, we've, you know, gathered women of all backgrounds into spaces to really unpack what their goals are. How do you get closer to being the person that you visualize yourself as? You know, what barriers are in place for you? How can you leverage the people around you to really get where you're going? And Let's Vibe now, our mission is to facilitate moments of pause for women looking to, you know, create and design their own life. And we define pause by you know, saying like, this is the the time and the point of transition in your life where you just need to take a step back um, and realize that everyone's timeline is different. You know, you don't have to compare yourself to the person that you're seeing on Instagram um, or the person that's excelling in her career, right? Everyone's path is different, but we want to build the framework on how to rethink um, how you're thinking about yourself and your goals and your challenges. Um, so we facilitate moments of pause for them to take a moment to figure it out um, instead of always beating yourself up about not getting it done or not being fast enough or not being quick enough. And so that's our sweet spot is like, how can we help women rethink their goals? Is this for a certain age group? Like if someone is listening and saying, oh, I, I want to be a part of that, you know, mm-hmm. who qualifies to, to be a part of Let's Vibe? Yeah, so we pretty much serve any like woman of all ages because um, we've noticed that that point of transition can be at any point in your life, right? Like it could be a college student, you know, graduating and not knowing what to do when they're transplanted to a new city, right? Like that's still a point of transition that they can use our services for. Um, It could be someone that has been in a career for five years in the same industry, but is noticing that that industry isn't really fulfilling their passion, like what's missing. Um, We've noticed that people in their thirties who are like C, you know, C-suite level uh, individuals, you know, wanting to have more um, in their life, but just don't know like where to start or where to begin or where to end, right? So we provide that framework specifically through the lens of women of women of color um, to really take into account like the barriers that we may be facing or, you know, the societal structures that may be influencing how we're thinking about certain things. Um, so we, we primarily serve, you know, young women in their early 20s, um, but, you know, our programming fits that 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 whole spectrum of uh any like a a woman going through a point of transition in her life Mm -hmm. and i personally can vouch i know i've mentioned it when i've had guests on that several of my guests from the podcast i have connected Mm -hmm. with or like elena valentine and i were on a panel for let's vibe um new year new vibe i can't remember what year it was maybe 2015 2016 something like that yeah um but so many amazing women so many opportunities for and fellowship and all of those great things. So I totally can co-sign for Let's Vibe because I think that now women's empowerment has become trendy where people are saying like, oh yeah, you know, I'm all about women's empowerment, but Let's Vibe is like for real, for real. You know, it's yeah. not just some like surface level. Okay, let's just get some women together in a group and we're all going to stand up against the wall and look at each other. You know, it's real right. interaction. It's really about connecting. So um, yes, if you're in connection. the Chicago, yeah, if you're in the Chicago area, definitely get connected with Let's Vibe. The website, letsvibe.org. Yes, that okay. works. Letsvibe.org. Um, if you want to get some IG highlights designed by Karen, I see that you have a special going on on Instagram. Yes. Tell us about that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. So I'm actually on the board of Elite 23 International, which is a nonprofit organization that mentors and serves young African-American women ages eight 
through 15. And so they get the opportunity to, you know, enter Little Miss Elite pageant, right? They really learn the basics of building confidence at, at such an early age. And like, that's such a, like a cause that I'm 100% for. And so right now we're fundraising to build Elite Chicago, which is a branch of the elite organization that was started in, um, actually in Columbia, Missouri, where we went to school. And so now we're in the process of getting funds to start the Elite Academy program. And everyone that's a part of Elite is tasked to raise money. Um, and so I was like, I thought that would be a perfect opportunity to create a campaign from character to where we offering, you know, Instagram highlight covers that are hand lettered for $23. And so that is a campaign that is going to be a limited time offer and all proceeds go to Elite International. So um, if you go to my Instagram page, character, K-A-R-E-R-A-C-T-E-R, in my link, there'll be the link where you can pay your $23. We'll make you your custom five IG highlights um, and you can use them on your page and it'll be supporting a good cause. Awesome, awesome, awesome. I love it, love it, love it. And Karen, is there something in particular that you would like to work on in your business as far as you want to do more projects with certain types of organizations or you specifically want to do more websites or what is your real passion in terms of of lettering that you want to do more of in 2019? Yes, so you hit it right on the nail. It's lettering. Like I want to be able to do more lettering. Um, up until this point, I've been doing logos and just really molding the vision of my client, but I haven't really had the opportunity to mold the vision for myself and actually like why I started character. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, any project, like my passion is to put my lettering on something that is impactful and inspiring. So a goal of mine is to do a book cover um, and hand letter the title. Um, It could be a children's book, right? Like I want to be able to really illustrate, you know, lettering in a children's book or even, you know, to start uh, putting my design on products um, and helping, you know, business owners, you know, uh, build out merchandise that we can both partner on to sell under their brand, right? Like, so it's more like licensing my lettering for certain projects. Home decor is like a huge goal of mine. Like I want to have, inspiring quotes where people can put in their home office and you know write on their notepad and just see on their screensaver and this week I literally just did that like I hand lettered a quote is master your craft and I screenshotted it and I put it up on my Instagram page and people are able to screenshot it themselves and like literally save it as their phone background or their computer background and they see it every day and I can't tell you like the power of you know, reading words, because that's what's going to motivate you, right? Like we look at our phones every day, but if you're just looking at a picture of yourself, you know, what motivation is that? Like you want to read something that's really going to inspire you. So I want to use my lettering um, now, like for 2019 and and beyond to really inspire um, the inner entrepreneur or the inner like change maker in everyone. um, Because that's something that we can all relate to, you know? Yes, 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 yes. I love it. And I heard you light up when you said home decor. So, yes. Because <laughs> I'm like, so we have my wall. Yes. And I just <laughs> want all of it to be like character quotes. So, yes, mm-hmm. that is my So, we're going to claim that for 2019. More of all of yes. that. If someone is listening right now and they're saying they want to commission you to do their home decor and they've got a project that they know you'd be a great fit for, how can they get in touch with you? Yes, they can visit character.com. So K-A-R-E-R-A-C-T-E-R.com. I know when you pronounce it, it's like pronounced differently but it's meant to be pronounced as character and they can submit a proposal on the site hopefully let's say fingers crossed this year we'll be launching merch or you know home decor that can be purchased and shipped to you and put like put on your wall so that that is something in the near future but for now you know if you have graphic design needs logo and branding if you want a campaign done social media graphics templates we're the go-to um, for people from all over. 
for that particular service. Is there anything that I didn't ask or anything we didn't cover that you want to mention? I, I think that's it. Um, I guess my question to you is like, what is your mantra for 2019? Oh, look at you asking me questions. Yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> my mantra for 2019 is manifestation or that's my, my word. And mm-hmm. what I, I learned from previous years, not just 2018, that I'm being more mindful of in 2019 is that a lot of times I've made decisions decisions that didn't honor what I've said to be my priorities. Mm -hmm. And so it's like, okay, if you say this is your priority, then your decisions need to also reflect those priorities. So, you know, like, oh, my priority is to get more sleep. But next thing you know, I'm staying up late at night doing this, doing that. And then now I'm mad, you know, because it's like, <laughs> oh, I didn't do this. Or, oh, my, my priority is to work out. And then I haven't seen the gym all year, you know, or whatever, because mm-hmm. I'm, I'm making other decisions that at the end of the day, if I'm honest about it or if I'm writing it out or really thinking about it, I'm making other decisions that are supposedly not a priority. Yeah. So it's it's making sure that my priorities are, in fact, my priorities and, and making so, sure that, that all my other decisions honor that. I love it. So is there a way that you like practice it like on a daily basis? Like, do you, like, what is your way of manifestation? Accountability and what I've been doing is like writing things down. So I keep a million and one lists. (laughs) And so it's like, okay, put this list together for what you, what you have to do the next day. And if it's not on the list, it can easily be thrown to the wayside. Like don't, you know, you didn't think of it to put it on the list. So don't stay up two extra hours to do something that wasn't on the list. Have you done everything on the list? Check, check, check. Okay, good. You can go to sleep, you know, and everything else can be put off till the next day or whenever. Now, if you have some extra time on your hands, then you can do that extra thing. But, um, and, and making sure to put, self-care on the list, making sure to put the eight hours of sleep on the list, making sure to put the gym on the list, making sure to put even reading, because that's something else that, you know, I've been saying, oh, I want to read more books. I want to, you know, for just for pleasure. And Mm -hmm. I end up not doing it because I claim I don't have the time. But it's yeah. it's about making the time to do what is important to you. So yes. those are some of I the things it. that I do. Um, just I think really the listing is big for me. Um, also having like an accountability partner. So I'll tell mm-hmm. my boyfriend, OK, I want to go to sleep at this time. And so then he'll set his own little reminders. And then he's like, OK, I'm going to check it this time. Make sure you're asleep or don't be doing this Mm -hmm. just finding somebody that'll support that or if it's I don't want to eat sweets okay don't send me any chocolate or don't buy stuff (laughs) that you know is not on my list of what I should be eating so you know just those things and I think that my issue with seeing manifestation as far as results in my efforts I think when you're more consistent and intentional about what you're putting your effort towards then you will see more results in in the manifestation of your efforts because I think for me for a lot of times because I think you can relate as an entrepreneur as a creative there's so many things that you want to do that sometimes Mm -hmm. your efforts and interests can be spread so thin because you're trying to do something for this project and that project and this interest and this passion and you can't do anything well if it's only getting such a small percentage of your attention. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So, and I love the idea, like, because manifestation is something that you actively have to work towards in order for mm-hmm. it to happen. And so yeah. back to your point about accountability, like that is huge. Like, even when I think about how I work with Diamond and how we're serving our community, 
accountability is the biggest part of it all. Um, and so one of our, pro- like the pause program that we do have is like, you know, how, like after they're done with our programming, like then what happens next? Um, and so yeah. part of that is like a 30 day check-in, a 60 day check-in and a 90 day check-in. So it's like, you know, we're holding you accountable for the things that you said you want to get done. We met at our retreat, but are you actually doing it? Um, and the right. people around you are going to help you. So like, you know, that person that's going to make sure that you don't eat chocolate is going to be there to like, you know, really make sure that you're not eating chocolate. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, yeah. So the the people is huge. And I'll tell you one thing that uh, that's helped me a lot. So I have a bunch of like creative friends and we kind of, you know, have like our, you know, on like inside jokes. And um, mm-hmm. I made group chats specifically for those conversations. So um, one of my group chats is called Millionaire Circle. And so we have like two guys and like two girls and we're always like, we're going to be millionaires one day. And so we literally dubbed it, you know, our iPhone group chat as the Millionaire Circle. So every time, uh-huh. you know, someone meets someone, we'll drop it in, like say, hey, you should be introduced to this person. Or I just read an article on Forbes, like y'all need to read this for this week. Or it'll be a lot of like screenshots, motivational, uh, motivational things. And I can't tell you how refreshing it is to open those like text messages because I you love are constantly that. reminded, yes, yes, constantly reminded of those goals, like those really big audacious goals. And even too, like I have a design, you know, group chat, it's called info and inspo. <laughs> so like if we see something online, if it's like a link, we'll always add it, but it, it has to be geared toward like creativity. It could be like a project you want to work on or like a skill you want to enhance and we have a group chat for that so like I encourage like your listeners to like really find those group of people that group of people that you really connect with um yeah. and like really brand it you know you got to brand it at the end of the day like yeah that's what makes it more official you know <laughs> so, makes it yeah, real you know, it ain't real till yes. it's got a name and a brand <laughs> exactly exactly and it just makes it all make sense so i hope that you know yes. we can leave your audience with that Yes, your group chats sound like my Pinterest board names, but I need to I need to find I need to find the group of people to put in the group yes. chat. And I think that yes. that is a lot of times, you know, that's another reason why I create the podcast is like finding mm-hmm. that sense of community of women who are like-minded, who are interested in the same things and may not have that immediate community of people, you know, that they can go have coffee with, but they can tune into this podcast and be like, mm-hmm. girl, you know, here's what it is. And this is how you got to get motivated and stay motivated. And then we can connect online and I can DM you these quotes and things like that. If mm-hmm. we are not yep. able to meet in, in person and have that coffee or whatever the case may be. So I love, love, love that idea. Thank you for sharing that. I'm going to have to go reevaluate my friend circle so I could uh, get some group chats going because if you ain't sending me some motivational quotes and I can't send you what some millionaire thing. Right, mm-hmm. exactly. exactly. Elena and I exactly. talked about that as well. Like as an entrepreneur mm-hmm. or a being like an ambitious person and, and you just don't have the same kind of friends like we're not just going to the movies like I don't really mm-hmm. have friends that I do that with we need to be talking about what are we building what are we working on what are exactly. our ideas and how can I help you to achieve your goals and, and how are you going to help me achieve mine so love there that thank yes. you so very much I of course thank you for having me I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Lonnie Swain Show podcast. Please visit my website, LonnieSwain.com, where you can sign up for my monthly newsletter, check out companion blog posts, show notes, and lots of other cool stuff. This podcast is available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, Buzzsprout, CastBox, Anchor, Stitcher, SoundCloud, and my website. I love and appreciate all of your feedback, so don't forget to rate, review, subscribe, and share it with at least three people who you think would enjoy it too or benefit from the information. Until next time, go where you are celebrated and appreciated, not just tolerated. Talk to you soon.